0: doesn't take very long into our lives before we realize this central truth that life is never static. If there is any constant aspect to living, it is the reality of change and our subsequent and necessary adjustment to those changes whenever they come. Just when you think that life is smooth sailing... There's a storm that hits you. Just whenever you think your path is smooth and there are no potholes ahead, then a surprise greets you just around the corner. It's the way life is, isn't it? Just when you think all is going well, there is trouble. And so we'd like to think otherwise. We would, we would love to believe otherwise, but there is no such thing as stasis. And stability in life. Because to be alive means to be in constant flux. Just take a look at Paul's words to the Philippians that Chris read for you just moments ago. He said to the Philippian church, he said, Sometimes he was full, but sometimes he was empty. Sometimes he had plenty, and sometimes he was poor. Then I invite you to take a look at the card that you just filled out with Justin during the congregational prayer just moments ago, because on it are words and phrases from your own mind written with your own penmanship to describe just how much fluidity and chaos there is in your life right now. Oh, we might crave stability and silence and an end to all of the flux that we put into that card, but it's rare, it's very rare indeed, that we can ever put an end to all of the changes that are happening in our lives. There is always something to deal with, isn't there? And everyone has something that they're dealing with, without exception. There's not a single person in this room, not a single person among us, that didn't have at least one thing to write on that card. So what do we do? We might pray for our problems to go away, to be resolved. We might pray that God might step in and put an end to this whirlwind and chaos. It would be a reasonable thing to do. As a matter of fact, Jesus was stilling storms all over the place in the Gospels. God was conquering the storms of life all throughout the Bible. It is perfectly reasonable to pray for an end to the problems. Or we might pray for wisdom and understanding as to why that stuff is happening in your life. Trying to understand God's will. That's perfectly understandable and reasonable as well. But maybe there's a third option. One that's not immediately evident to us, especially in the thick of it. An option that is critical, vital, and even required even when times are really hard, maybe, is it possible, even in the midst of the bluster of life, to find a way to be grateful? Wow. That's got to be tough. When the late John Claypool lost his 10-year-old daughter to leukemia, Gratitude was the only way that he survived it. He told others about that experience in his incredible book, Tracks of a Fellow Struggler. He writes that after his daughter's death, he had an option to follow one of three different paths. Option number one was to say, well, this was just God's will. I just have to accept it. This was just something that God planned to happen. I just have to understand it. But that was not helpful, he said. He could not believe that God would will a 10-year-old child to death from leukemia. So he tried the second path, which was to try to intellectualize it, to try to understand it as to why this happened. He tried to make sense of it. But that didn't work either, as you could very well imagine. There are some things we just can't get our minds around. And there are some things that we just can't intellectualize. His daughter's death didn't make any sense by any level of reason. So, John chose the third path, to walk the path of gratitude. He realized that life is a gift. We are not entitled to it. That we have, the fact that we have any life at all, he said, is pure gift and pure grace. Therefore, John Claypool chose to be thankful for the 10 good years that they did have together rather than being consumed by the resentment and the bitterness of the years that they would no longer have together. He says this path of gratitude isn't easy. In fact, it's downright irrational. It goes against our sensibilities, not with it, but for him. For a man grieving his daughter's death, he said this was the only option that was of any help at all. Now, we all know that gratitude is an important aspect of Christian character. Time after time, again, the Bible tells us to be grateful. So it shouldn't surprise us that when we are talking about the five components of Christian character, which is our guide through Lent this year, it shouldn't surprise us that gratitude is on this list. It should not surprise us that when John Wesley was putting this list of five together that he advised that every Christian be grateful. But what probably does surprise us, if not downright shocks us, is the fact that gratitude is not only possible, but it is required not just when times are good, but especially when times are tough. To put it another way, I mean, we all know that we have to be thankful for things. We all know that it's important to be thankful for, with an emphasis on that preposition for. I mean, every Thanksgiving, we do a personal inventory of the things that we're grateful for. We all know that it's important to be grateful for our blessings. But what are you thankful for? In. Are you grateful in those times in our life when times are tough? Are you thankful in all circumstances, in any situation, in those moments when life throws you a curveball? That's what Paul was saying to the Philippian church, that he has found a way to be grateful in every circumstance. It's one thing to be thankful for. That can be easy. But to be thankful in, (laughs) that's a different matter altogether. Now, I want to say that being grateful in the midst of a tough situation does not mean sugarcoating that situation. It does not mean trivializing it. It does not mean downplaying or discounting the severity of your suffering. It is okay, even advisable, to admit and acknowledge that sometimes your life just stinks. And the darkness is really dark and the fog is really thick, and the confusion is really menacing, and there is this haunting quality to your life that seems to follow you wherever you go, it is okay, on the one hand, to admit that life sometimes is just crummy, and the trouble is crushing, and the darkness is just awful, and sometimes you need to find the way to acknowledge just how rough that is. My hope is that in the prayer exercise minutes ago with Justin, you were able to even put a first couple of words to just how hard that is. But, but it is also okay. It is equally acceptable and advisable, even in the midst of that suffering, to also be grateful. Because if we learn anything from this passage from Paul today, it's that these two things are not mutually exclusive. It is possible to be realistic about the toughness of our situation and even to be grateful in the midst of that tough situation. It is possible to be upfront in acknowledging how hard life is for you right now and even possible to find reasons to be grateful right now in the midst of your suffering. Why? How is it possible that Paul is able to have these two ideas held in a creative tension with one another? How is it possible that Paul, even in his emptiness, can be both realistic and grateful? Well, he gives us the answer. The very last verse of today's scripture reading, he gives us a verse that not only culminates his lesson to the Philippian church, he offers a verse that we have learned as children in Philippians chapter four, verse 13. He says, I can endure all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's the secret. That's how Paul is able to do both. Acknowledge the suffering of life, but still be grateful. Because I can, he says. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And that is the message for us. Even when you think you can't, God can. Even when you think you can't go one step further, Christ can give you strength. Even when you can't see the silver lining in the dark cloud, God can give you better vision. Even when you can't see the diamond that's in the rough, God can give you patience and hope. And only when you remember God's power and presence in your life and remember those things in those times in your life when all seems lost, Can you truly ever be grateful in a way that is even greater than just being thankful for things? You can even be grateful in all circumstances. Now, for those of you who have been following along with the book, Five Marks of a Methodist, written by our friend Steve Harper, who preached here last Sunday which, as you know, has been the guidebook for this Lenten series, you know that John Wesley had a very important ritual that he practiced every Saturday night. Now, I don't know what you do every Saturday night, but it probably wasn't this. Maybe you find yourself on most Saturdays on the couch watching sports or hanging out with friends or going out on the town or simply hanging out with your family doing a game night or just sitting and chilling and relaxing. But I suspect that you don't do what John Wesley did every Saturday night. But maybe we should. Every Saturday night, he would sit down for some quiet time and do a personal gratitude inventory as he reflected on the events of the previous week. He would consider three questions and he would write down with his own words and phrases, with his own penmanship, his own responses to each of these three questions. Question number one. Have I allotted some time for thanking God for the blessings of the past week. Now this question is pretty straightforward, but it is also very tough. He says, Have I been as thankful as I can be this past week? Or have I just focused on the clouds and the rough? Have I just focused on my problems or my struggles or my challenges? Have I just gone about my busyness and worked like a dog just to make it through the week? Or, did I remember at all during this past week to be grateful to God and all that God has given me in this past week? It might seem like a simple yes or no question. But when you really think about it, this is a tough question to answer. Because I suspect that for some Saturday nights, John Wesley was able to say yes. But if we were to do that, And ask that question of us on most Saturday nights. All of us would have to admit that gratitude was not a guiding principle in our past week. Or even a prevalent aspect of the last seven days. This question alone is challenging enough. I mean, we would have gladly said to John Wesley, All right, you got us. Question number one, that's a zinger. That's hard enough as it is. But Wesley goes on, he asks an even tougher question of himself in question number two. He says, Have I, in order to be the more sensible of those blessings, seriously and deliberately considered the several circumstances that attended them? Oh, this question... This question is even tougher than the first. He just asked the question, is it possible that God was blessing me throughout the week, even at my lowest point? Is it possible that when I was facing the toughness of my situation, the darkest of the dark, the lowest point in this past week, is it possible that God was, in fact, giving me strength the entire time? Friends, This question alerts us to the important spiritual possibility that sometimes you can only see the hand of God at work in your life through the rearview mirror when blessings are closer than they first appeared at that moment. But there they are nonetheless. I think it's important to say that in this second question, again, Wesley was not trying to trivialize his suffering. He was not trying to sugarcoat his trials. He wasn't trying to minimize the dark stuff of his life because after all, sometimes life just stinks and there is no sugarcoating it. He wasn't trying to intellectualize it. He wasn't trying to solve the problem of evil and suffering in the world or why bad things happen to good people or why the world is the way it is. Instead, in this second question, he was just reminding himself every Saturday night of the possibility that there was one thing, one thing that he could always do. Even when he felt out of control, Among every aspect of his life, there was always, always, one thing he could control. And that is to be grateful. By the power of God's strength given to him in Jesus Christ, he could always be grateful. Now before we get into the third and final question that Wesley asked and wrap up this sermon... I think it's important to note the value of the spiritual discipline of writing things down. Writing down your blessings and your challenges in the form of a journal. It is, after all, one of the very first things we learn as children is to how to write down our words, put them on paper externalize them from ourselves and put them in our own penmanship. And I think there's a word here that Wesley models for us and that even Paul offers to us in this letter of the importance of keeping a journal for yourself. Now, I realize that the word journal uh, might just be for some of us a fancier word for diary. So we might think that writing down prayers and devotions and reflections are just too childish for us. But I'd suggest to you that just like tick marks on a wall help monitor our height, or just like vital signs give us an assessment of our overall health, or just like progress reports at school tell us how our kids are doing in their education, keeping a journal may in fact be the one thing that you can control, the one thing that you can do, regardless of how tough your life might be. In fact, I want to show you mine. It's one that I uh, started keeping about four years ago when I started entering one of the darkest times of my own life never really journaled before i went over to barnes and noble tried to find a journal that had a lock on it this was the only one i could find which i know does not at all dispel the notion that it's just something teenage girls do it's so pretty but this was my journal Even when all else felt hopeless and lost, it was the one thing I could do, open up its pages and do just what you did during the prayer moments ago, find the words. Let the Spirit guide you to the phrases to explain what it is that you're dealing with. I look back on the pages of this journal, you know what I find? I find both things. The reality of the suffering, but also that God was with me the whole time. I just didn't see it, because sometimes, only through the rear-view mirror, only through the rearview mirror can you realize that God's blessings are closer than they first appeared. I want to suggest to you that in fact, in fact, you can endure all things through Christ, who gives you strength. Maybe writing down on your card today is just a first step toward keeping your own journal of your own prayers, thoughts and reflections and examples of God's strength in you. And maybe as you keep this journal, you will realize, in retrospect, down the road as you look in the rearview mirror of your life, that God's blessings right now are closer to you than they might first appear. And the only way you can see that down the road is if you journal it. Which leads us all to the final question of John Wesley. The third question he asked of himself every Saturday night, which in many ways might be the toughest one of them all, because nothing else mattered If it weren't for this last question, number three, have I considered each of these blessings as an obligation to greater love and consequently to stricter holiness? This was John Wesley's way of asking himself, in what way is God blessing me right now, even through the darkness and toughness of life, to be a blessing for someone else? Is it possible that even in the midst of my tragic situation, even as God is blessing me now, that God might actually be preparing me, little old broken and hurt and wounded me, to be a blessing for someone else? I want to remind you of where this five-mark series is going. It started with Mark number one. The importance of loving God in our character. And you know where we're going in the end? Mark number five? Loving others. Loving God and loving others. It's the summary of the great commandment. But this is a reminder that in order to get from Mark number one to Mark number five, we have to pass through Mark number three. Today, is the pivot point of this whole series. It's the hinge. It's the fulcrum on which all of the other marks rest. Because if we don't get mark number three right, if we don't make the turn today, then there is nothing to stop us from making spirituality an entirely inward and private practice where it's just between me and God. Because we remember that you cannot love God unless you love others, mark number five. And you can't fully love others unless, mark number one, you love God and realize just how much God loves you. Just as Steve said last week, to remember that God isn't mad at you. And what is that central pivot, that hinge? that will make sure that we love God and love others in all aspects of our life, to be grateful, to be thankful in all things, to realize that even when life seems at its toughest, even when the clouds seem to take over your vision and you can't see much more than just the step ahead of you, even then, especially then, You can give thanks. Even right now. I invite you to flip that card over. Because during the offering time, I'm going to invite you to fill in the rest of that card as an act of your offering today. As a response to today's sermon, you will not only offer to God your tithes and our offerings, But I'll invite you to spend some time writing on the back side of your card all the ways that you can see God at work even right now in the midst of your hardship. And then, I'm not going to ask you to turn that card in. In fact, the opposite. I'm going to ask you to take that card home with you. No one else needs to see what's on that card but you. But it's there for you as a landmark, as a signal post along your path to remember that on this day, February 28th, you were able to do both things, to acknowledge the toughness of life on the one hand, but also be grateful for the silver lining in that cloud, the diamond that was in your rough, the light that was in the midst of your darkness in the form of a God who can give you strength. You might choose to take that card and take a snapshot photo of it with your smartphone and make it the wallpaper of your computer or your phone. You might choose to hang it in a place where you can see it every day. Or even better yet, you might choose to take that card and make it the first entry, day number one, of your journal, your very own Green Palm Tree Pink Elephant Teenage Girl Journal that you might start tracking with your own hand. In whatever way is helpful to you, I invite you to take this action, this action for Lent. Be more grateful. Find reasons for gratitude in your life. And find a way to be a blessing for others.